manipulate the price of gold and silver. But all that money printing that they've done has flowed into the only non-manipulated currency in the world, and that is Bitcoin. I think this is totally different. No, no different. Only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned. All right, I'll give it a try. No, try not. Do or do not. There is no try. Once in a while, you can Bitcoin changes absolutely everything. What's in there? Only what you take with you. Before we begin today's show, just a small announcement. Australia is having its first Bitcoin-only conference, Bitcoin Alive, on the 15th of April in Sydney. Uh, so yeah, you can use the code HONEYBADGER, that's H-O-N-E-Y-B-A-D-G-E-R, to get a 10% discount on your tickets. Moreover, if you do end up using the code, send me a screenshot, and I'll send you 5,000 sats over lightning. Hope to see you there. Hey, Brisket. Thanks for making the time. And you're welcome to the show. How about we jump straight into it? You give the audience a bit of a background about yourself. Hi, Myrick. Um, I'm Brisket. I'm just a pleb. I don't have any, I'm not bringing any of my fiat qualifications or, um, you know, fiat achievements into this space. Um, I, I I don't know what else to tell you. I, I like meat. <laughs> I like Bitcoin. I like freedom. Um, yeah. I'm kind of like most of the people probably listening to this and just feeling their way through what this Bitcoin thing is, where it's going to take us, and, and how I can uh, get the most out of it, I guess. Right. Yeah. Uh, and saying that, so you said. When did you find Bitcoin? Like, what was your rabbit hole story? I kind of hit it like most people a couple of times before before I kind of dove in. Um, the first recollection of when I when I touched it was probably seventeen. I met a dude who was mining, or I spoke to a dude about Bitcoin who was mining on GPUs and telling me about all these crazy GPU mining thing. I just thought it was nuts. Um, I didn't understand what he was talking about, mining digital coins online. He didn't talk anything about the monetary aspect or store of value or anything like that. So I kind of just went, oh, that sounds cool. Um, I think 2018, 19, I was listening to a podcast. I was deep down the meat rabbit hole. Um, I was carnivore, listening to a lot of Sean Baker. Um and he had Saifedean, uh, Saifedean Amos, and um, I think it was Goldstein on, on the pod. And they were talking about fiat, fiat culture and fiat money and how it's destroying everything. And, you know, I'm kind of nodding my head. Um, I've always been a bit um, skeptical and, you know, about the mainstream system. Uh, and Saifedean was talking about... Um, Beef being the answer to fiat food, and he was talking um, from the context of fiat food destroying humanity, and, and he said beef is the answer to fiat food, Bitcoin is the answer to fiat money, you know, and it kind of clicked for me. 
Uh, still took about, I don't know, a year before I actually put some skin in the game and bought a few um, sets. Um, so it was kind of a long process. Um, I came in very much a beef maxi though, uh, hence the name brisket. Um, yep. Yeah, I've, I've just been falling down the rabbit hole more and more uh, since then. So 2020, March 2020 hit, and that challenged my uh, decision-making ability and, and my questions, my own sensibilities and, and wisdom in putting some of my life savings into this magic internet money. Um, I learned my lesson in trading at that time. I came in at Bitcoin with a very fed mindset. Like I came in, I came in with the knowledge that it might be a scam, and I was okay with that because I figured I could I could trade it better. I could I could come out on top. I could sell before everyone else sells. March 2020 hit, and I realized I was being scammed. You know, I was an idiot, and I can't believe I I fell for this shit. And then I kind of stumbled onto Twitter, and I was like. Oh, this guy's different to these YouTube influencers. You know, I was watching um, Nuggets News and uh, <laughs> this, I can't even remember the names. You know, the, the wide mouth influencers. You know, they're always posting yep. these, these wide mouth, like trying to shock. I didn't realize that the shit they were talking about was first presented on Twitter and then fell over to YouTube and they would talk about it on YouTube like it's the newest thing and they created it themselves, you know. They were just hashing yeah. out ideas that were bouncing around Twitter anyway. So I went straight to the source and started um, cultivating my feet, I guess, and starting getting a, yeah. a better signal and, and changing and shifting the way I approach Bitcoin. I think at one point I just kind of went, I don't care where it's going. I, I don't ever want to be without Bitcoin. I, I always want to have some Bitcoin. And that's when I um, yep. you know, put a little bit more skin in the game. Yeah, but I makes missed sense. That, dip, that huge dip in March, I kind of missed it. Like it wasn't until <laughs> it started recovering, I went, "Oh, this thing's not dead." You know, it's not the end of the world. You know, and, and yeah. it's like, "Oh shit, I just missed this massive opportunity to stack." And every dip since then, I've I've been uh, resolute and and stacking as much as I can afford to stack. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you, but the thing is, like, whether you go, if you have enough dry powder to time the dips, right? Like that's an, now I was just chatting with uh, some maxis this morning and there's like, oh, they're estimating that it's going to dip to 3,000, sub 3,000, sub 5,000K <laughs> with Mount Gox and it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, man, might have to sell, like, you know, the saying, you might have to sell our sofas and TVs. <laughs> yeah, no chairs. Yeah, no chairs, yeah. Yeah. Pull, pull out the cam chair in the living room. <laughs> uh, you're probably similar to me. You probably got a little too enthusiastic when I was sitting at 60, 69K and probably bought more than you would like to have bought at that price. You know, and you wish you kind of had some of that dry powder still left to pick up these dips. Um, I don't regret buying. Like, I think yep. one of my biggest dip buys was, it wasn't even a dip. It was it was at the beach where Wish Bash two years ago, I think, or right, a year right. ago. I was sitting in my room after drinking and talking to Bitcoiners all evening, and I hit the smash bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 
that was a big chunk of dry powder. I uh, I had a bit of a win um, from a relative. Uh, they they awarded me some uh, some money that that they didn't want to go through the inheritance tax situation in, in the UK. Um, so I was sitting on this dry powder and it was just burning a hole in my pocket and, and a bunch of Bitcoiners got me too enthusiastic. And I look back at that and go, do you regret it? Do you regret throwing that in? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd prefer to have it now, but I don't regret it. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 I think I'd, I'd be the same. Like I'd, or in most cases, I'm the same. Like whenever I have an extra spare cash, like just convert it into Bitcoin. Don't care what the price is doing. Just yeah, slowly chipping away, right? Like and you might always have a, depending like uh, yeah, it might have an opportunity or it might not have an opportunity to catch the dip, per se. Yeah, yeah. and there's there's a whole heap of other stuff going on in the world right now. Like mm. I, I think I think you need to optimize for your optionality. So now whether that that's bitcoin optionality or fiat optionality there's a whole heap of shit coming you know and, and when the bitcoin price dips your bitcoin optionality dips with it like that's a fact you know so i i've been very conscious of that recently as the price has dropped and my optionality has dropped i'm like well maybe you should have a little bit of fit i, I heard your, mm. your pod with um, morgan Richard. yeah 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 morgan Richard. yeah yeah and i was feeling a little bit yeah, Two, she's um, like, because <laughs> she made that point, like, oh, I have to, for, I have to teach people that are not Bitcoiners, like, to buy some Bitcoin, and then I have to tell people that are Bitcoiners to, like, have pull some savings in fiat. Yeah, pull yeah. back, like, you know. Yeah. So I've, yeah. I've not been tempted to sell any, but I've, I've not been stacking as prolifically as I, as I have last year, I guess. When the dip yeah. first came in, I thought the dip was going to not last long. You know, it's going to bounce mm-hmm. back up, but it's continued. Yeah. One quick question, and then to the media question. Literally, a quick question. At any point uh, when you were first got into Bitcoin, were you, did you look at any shit coins? Oh uh, yeah, I, I bought some XRP and mm. some other shit. I sold those. I saw those pretty much when I stopped trading. So after March 2020, I um, I lost I lost a bit in that dip. Yep. And that yeah, I, I had leverage trades on. They weren't shit contracts. They were big contracts. I, I yep. learned enough from the Ivan the programmer <laughs> not to go <laughs> yeah. into the dark, deep dark crypto forest. <laughs> yeah. I was I was leverage trading that. It's just fucking madness. Um, so yeah, when I yeah. when I closed or when I took my Bitcoin out of uh, my leverage platform and I, I sold whatever shit coins I had, it wasn't much. But I think one of them they got leverage wiped out, yep. um, which was meant I didn't even have to sell it; they were gone. Um, but I sold whatever that was. I, I don't even know whether that was. In hindsight, a good decision or bad decision. I don't know. I just know I lost money on them, and it wasn't enough to, to really care about. Um, yeah, I didn't really have a, a shitcoin phase. I approached Bitcoin with a kind of a, what is this thing? Uh, how can it be attacked? How can it fail? Is it a, a kind of a confidence scam? Uh, are people just trying to get other people to buy it? You know, almost like a Ponzi. You, where you sort of you're trying to get other people to buy it so that your your thing goes up, and there was 
for a while, maybe eight months, six months, I was kind of convinced that's what it was. Um, mm. And then I started realizing these guys, these guys aren't selling. You know, there's someone selling, but it's not these guys. You know, they're, they're serious about this thing and there's something deeper than money or, or fit gains here. What is it? How can it, how can it be killed? And I just went through every possible scenario I could think of and, and sort of looked at it from a risk point of view. How, how likely is this going to take down Bitcoin? Who would be wanting to take it down? What are their incentives? Um, yep. And every time I found, found a flaw, I realized it wasn't a flaw for whatever reason. And I ran out of things to, to, to criticize it for. <laughs> it kind of just went, oh, this thing can't be killed. Uh, there's always going to be another block. It may be the most resilient human creation that's ever existed. Yeah, more more resilient than the Bible because the Bible's been uh, adulterated several times yep. throughout history. You know, is there anything mm. anything that hasn't changed in humanity that hasn't been adulterated through time? I, I can't think of anything that comes close to the potential that Bitcoin has to be that that single source of history forever yep and it can't be changed right because it's all stored in the time chain stored in the time chain it's locked in forever <laughs> yeah. even though it's yeah. little freaking jpegs you know they're, they're stuck in there <laughs> forever <lot>. yeah <laughs> imagine <laughs> imagine where bitcoin's going in 20 30 years and, and you're telling your grandkids you put that freaking jpeg in the, in the time chain and it's in there forever you know yeah it's a someone I can't remember. It must have been Rudolfo NVK that said it's like uh, if you build this nice pyramid, this beautiful pyramid, and then there's these kids that have come along and started drawing graffiti on the walls. Brought, brought the rattle can, uh, rattle can yeah. to the pyramids and spray painted it. Yeah, a dick pic yeah. on the pyramid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. that. Yeah, uh, but you don't know. You don't know where it's going to go. There's there's nothing known about Bitcoin, you know, it's nothing, nothing locked in. It's, it's, just, it's the most known thing I can think of, but it's still, its existence in the future is still not 100% locked in, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I was saying, the, now the media question, uh, what got you down the meat rabbit hole? Oh, meat. Um, I've... I've been on a quest, I think, for a decade to find the perfect human diet. Um, I started down the. I was following Mike, Mike, uh, Mike Adams, the health ranger, I think it was, and he was, he was fat and he got healthy and yada yada yada. And I was fat. I was, you know, overweight, and I did weight loss the traditional way of low low calories, lots of activity, and um, found. You know, five or six years of that was pretty unproductive, and then I found low carb, and I'm like, shit, the weight just came off. Um, so I, I did low carb for a year, and then went from low carb to something else. It was, uh, it might have been lean gains, which was like a fasting, muscle building kind of diet where you, you do intermittent fasting and you eat high protein. Um, you cycle your carbs a bit. Um, I then found Ray Pete. I did a year of Ray Pete dieting. He's, he's recently died. That's where I picked up the seal oil uh, 
concern. So I, I knew seed oils and, and plants were risky. And through that diet, after a year of doing that, because there's no prescribed diet, it's kind of like here's a, here's a list of principles, you know, you formulate your own diet. So it was a very fluffy kind of diet. You know, there's no such thing as a repeat diet. It's, they call it PD, PD friendly diet, you know. Uh, I ended up eating like, like lots of sugar. I was eating lollies, packets of lollies a day to get the energy. High carb, very low fat, um, a little bit of meat. He was kind of funny about meat because of the glycine um, ratio with, I can't remember, it was low glycine to something else. Um, but I ended up thinking about what I was eating because I cut fiber, plant fiber out completely. The only thing that had nutrition was the meat. The only thing that was left in my diet was meat and beef liver as a, as a source of nutrition because everything else was just pure calories. It was sugar and, and, and starches, well-cooked starches. I'd eliminated all fiber. The only thing that was keeping me alive was the meat and the beef liver. So I went, this carnivore thing, it seems a little bit to make sense now, you know? <clears throat> um, I did a little bit of research on that and kicked that around for a while. Sean Baker started that uh, maybe five or six months before I did. He didn't die. He started talking about it, and um, I kind of went, let's give it a shot. So I did 30 days beef, beef and water only, and then started adding things back in, cheese and, and spices, chili, garlic, um, coffee, and just sort of felt my way through adding things back in. After a year of that, I started adding in starches and sugar again so I, I left ketosis so I was no longer a low carb carnivore I was more meat based and I think that's where I've been for the last three years so it's it's kind of bitcoin and beef are like the two rabbit holes I never left I've, I've been going down so many rabbit holes the last 15 years 15 20 years since 2008 the GFC Bitcoin and beef are the, are the two rabbit holes I've never quite left. You know, I've, I'm still down those rabbit holes, still exploring, still finding new, new, new yeah. areas to explore. And I, I realize Bitcoin is kind of like the, the connecting tunnel that connects all the rabbit holes, you know. Yes. Bitcoin rabbit hole, you can go out into the, the banking rabbit hole and the, all those other little rabbit holes that seem to be connected to Bitcoin. So it's like, okay, I, I can explore those from a Bitcoin lens now, which is kind of cool. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, I think Brendo mentioned that sometime back, like a while ago, that it's he, he's always explored like different subjects or topics and all, and hopping from one to another. But he's never like he was not able like Bitcoin has kept him grounded. Like oh, he's sucked into Bitcoin so like so deep that he can't like it. Yeah, he can't move to anything else. So like it's Bitcoin has always been there now. Like since he's found it. Yeah. And it yeah. happens to most of us, right? Yeah. It's always there's always unknown to Bitcoin. You know, it doesn't matter how long you've been here, even the OGs talk about it. You know, they're still learning. They're still learning. You know, well, when you mm. think you finish learning, you're not. Because <laughs> Bitcoin's living, you know, it's not dead. It's not this thing that you can snapshot. You know, the time chain's always running. It's it's always kind of evolving. So I don't think I don't think you'll ever be done learning about Bitcoin, you know. <laughs> I think that, that's really humbling, but also interesting. I, I don't know about you. 
I kind of get bored with things, you know. I, I like the unknown. Yeah. I like discovering things, you know. With Bitcoin, you know, Nostra, like it's like learning Bitcoin all over again. There's, there's all these new terminolo- terminology and a lot of principles from Bitcoin carry across, but you kind of have yep. to learn a whole heap of stuff again just to use social media, you know. <laughs> I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before you go to Nostra or Nostra. You said you said that for one month it was just beef and water. Yeah, beef and right? water. So that that was kind of like no spices, nothing. No spices. And yeah. and and beef, beef and water. What are you just doing? Beef on fire then, or on the pan, or something like that? Yeah, yeah, on on the grill. So I, I did a lot on the of, grill. A lot of burgers. Yeah. Um, just just the burger patties. I I cook that yeah. as well. Um, my meat cooking skills wasn't as good as they are now. I've, I've always cooked a lot of meat. I've always loved meat. Um, but they've come a long way since then. Um, you know, when you're eating beef every day, you kind of have to figure out ways to make it different. You know, I, I like new things. You know, I, I, I used to not eat the same meal twice in a row. It was like a thing. I couldn't couldn't eat it. I have to eat something else. I have to cook something else. I, I needed to stimulate my senses. And then I think two weeks in to the beef only, I, I kind of just got beefed out. I was so freaking sick of beef. Um, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. You know, I, I kind of went, well, fuck it. I'm just not going to eat, you know, and I did a little fast. I think it's probably only 18 hours. I just stopped yep. eating. I didn't feel like eating, so I stopped eating. And then 18 hours passed, and I went and made a burger and cooked it up. And it was like such an emotionally overwhelming response to this freaking burger. It was just a shitty burger. It wasn't anything special. But I was like, wow, this is amazing. You know, I was almost in tears eating this, this crappy <laughs> little ground beef burger. And, um I thought, oh, wow, you know, and then, and then I was good. And then I didn't get that. I don't think I, after that, I don't think I ever had that feeling of I don't want beef anymore. It was really easy after that, that stumbling block. Um, but, yeah, it was kind of caught up in my mind. I was very much thinking it out. I have to eat this much beef now, you know. I have to hit my requirement of beef. Otherwise, I'm going to get sick and tired and low energy, and I've got to make sure I get this much fat and, it just becomes easier, I think, when you just surrender to your body signals. You know, your body will tell you yep. when it's had enough beef, you know, when it's had enough energy, and when it's it's just like like going back to, uh, to that animal side of you. Kind of, you've got this. You know, you, you you've got these systems in place within your body that will help you get through life. You don't have to think everything out to just just chill and, and eat beef when you feel like it. Yep, yep. And uh, so what's your current diet like? It varies. Um, it's generally beef heavy. So I, I tend to eat beef every day, unless I'm fasting. Um, I'll add potato or white rice. Um, I make curries and um, meat sauces, like a taco sauce or a, a bolognese type sauce. It's mainly mm. for the kids. Um, cause they're not, my son will eat anything, but my daughter's, I really almost have to, um, tell her to, to eat beef. Otherwise she'll eat white bread and <laughs> she's got a job now. So she kind of 
has control of her money and, and she can buy what she wants. So she'll, she'll eat absolute garbage unless I, unless I go eat a sausage or go eat, go eat some mince or make it, make it for her, heat it up for her and, and, and serve it to her. Yep. Um, so uh, I've got a family, so it's, it's kind of eat a lot of what they eat. Um, mm. adding, in, adding in starches helps, makes, makes it easier. Um, you don't need to eat so much beef to to get your caloric uh, requirements. Yep. Um, and that's maybe a little bit chubby. I've put a bit of fat on <laughs> since doing that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, mate. I'm, I'm still learning. I, I kind yep. of treat it like Bitcoin. I, I don't obsess about anything these days. I used to be very uh, regimented about what I did and didn't eat. Um, yep. The only thing I'm really strict about is seed oils, so I, I won't eat chips, fried chips if they're cooked outside the house. Um, don't eat any packaged food. It's, it's in the supermarkets, got seed oils in there. Um, yeah, that's about it. I don't eat vegetables. I don't love vegetables. I never love vegetables. I, I trick myself <laughs> into eating them and enjoying them. I, I truly yep. don't love them. I'll eat them if... if uh, same to try them you know like like yeah, maybe yeah. it's changed maybe this broccoli is going to be amazing yeah. no it's still no. shit no. my sauce you know yeah i think yeah i think something i was chatting with a friend last night and there's like oh everyone has like their one or two vegetables their go-to vegetables like even though if they're meat-based there'll be one or two that they might have with their meal and i think i think for me it's like Onion and tomatoes. Tomatoes are fruit. Yeah, tomatoes are fruit, yes. <laughs> Meat and potatoes goes well together. Yeah. Meat, Meat and potatoes, potatoes goes well, yes, yes. But it's still, uh, yeah, try to avoid potatoes, but yeah, meat and potatoes goes well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gar- garlic, onion, tomato. Garlic, onion, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're kind of, I don't even think of them as vegetables. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like those. I enjoy those. Chili as well. Chili, fruit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's jump on to, how, how do you say it? Nostra or Nostra? I say Nostra. Um, Nostra. But I'm, I'm a little, um, I, I, I sometimes pronounce it differently, I think. I, I, in my head, yeah. I hear Nostra. No, Sometimes stuff. get yeah. lazy and, and drop the tr at the end. Yeah. Mm. Nostradamus. Yeah, yeah. So for people that are listening and who have not probably not come across what not even heard of this term, right? And so how would you explain what's Nostra? It's a decentralized uh, protocol, I guess, for, for social media um, communicating. So initially it was a Twitter replacement or a Twitter challenger. You know, we've, we've all felt the, the uh, ban hammer coming closer for Twitter, a Bitcoin Twitter. Um, we went down the master, Mastodon replacement path and that kind of fell in a heap. We, a lot of people went, oh, we can't replace Twitter. Twitter is going to be there forever. We can't ever change where the town hall is um, for Bitcoin. Um, then this, mm. this Nostra thing came, I think, 
been around for a year and a half now. They've been kicking around this protocol, playing around with it, developing uh, web clients um, to, to tap into it. Uh, I think it was September, September, October last year, Gigi uh, got on Twitter and started talking about Nostra and, and said, hey, pick up this client, this web client, and get a key and jump on. And I got on there and it was based in channels. So it was a bit like uh, Telegram, I guess. Um, you had this flat channel of just people just talking shit. Yep. Um, I went, oh, that's interesting. Um, and then put it down. I, I didn't really, I came in every now and then and someone would be talking something, but you couldn't follow the thread. You couldn't, you couldn't have a conversation about a topic. It was just one, one single thread of, of content. And you had to know where the other threads were. It was kind of hard to yep. navigate. Um, and then Dharmas came out, I think December. Damas was a, an iOS, mm -hmm. an Apple um, client, and that um, that sort of brought a, a very Twitter-like experience to the the posts, the the events, the Nostra events that that were moving around, and that kind of just organised things better, so it made a, a better experience. I've never touched Damas. So I don't know. I've got two iOS devices, and I, I try not to touch them. Um, because I know how addictive they are. And, and I, I finally managed to separate myself from, from those devices. I still have them, um, but I didn't want to load the test flight app on there. Okay. Um, so I played around with web clients, web, basically web pages that, that communicate with Nostra. And then started looking at the Android apps that were evolving. So Nostros was one that, that came out early, but it didn't have the... Same impact as um, Amethyst in the end. Amethyst sort of pipped it with its usability. Um, yes. Yeah, it's, at the moment, it's a Twitter replacement, but there's an Instagram replacement client at the moment. I think in the end, they, they kind of, they'll mold into yeah, a couple of different clients, maybe for different purposes, and, and the same notes will be readable anywhere, but they'll be presented differently. Or differently, yeah. Concentrated somewhere, you know, there's mm. a marketplace that was created, you know, and you think it's just text bouncing around. So, the, the Nostra event is just a text event, so it's a very small packet of information. Um, th there's no media hosted on uh, Nostra Relays, the, the servers that, that bounce the, the events around. So, yep. everything's very small. Um, I downloaded 8,000 odd events from my own account. To see what that would look like and it's just a json file um which is a data file of text mm. it was about two meg two megabytes of data you know eight thousand events you know wow every yeah. every time you you push information out on nostril it sends an event that's, that's the only thing there are there's different types of events or kinds um uh, yeah most people only know look at the the notes the i think kind one events Every time you update your profile, every time you follow someone, every time you send a signal out into the Nostra protocol, you send an event out. Yep. It's a very, very simple uh, protocol. So it's quite quick to create apps. You know, there's no proprietary information. You can present and send data however you feel like as a, as a developer. So it's quite freeing, you know, you can explore different ideas and, and there's these people on Nostra that will try anything and download anything and, and 
and just play with things. <clears throat> yep. Experiment, you know, and see what happens, see where it goes. Uh, so it's, it's kind of a cool, exciting space to be in. Uh, it's, it's a bit like the internet's being reborn or the social media's being reborn in this, yes. this new kind of ecosystem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know on on Damas same. I I've never used Damas, but I've only heard like uh, about it. And I know on Damas there's no heart button or the like button. It's a shaka. It's the it's, yeah. Yeah. This, the shaka was culturally it culturally came out probably from Jack. Jack Jack's been Jack Dorsey's been very influential in, in yep. the culture behind Nostra. Um, so I think he used to kick around the, the chakra, the chakra, the, the hang loose sign. Hang loose, hang yeah. loose sign, yeah. Quite, quite a lot. He did like this weird hug thing, hug emoji that I, did, I hadn't even seen before. I was like, what are these blue people like? Yeah. He looks a little gay. I, I don't I don't know what, what this thing is. And then I had to find it. I didn't even know where this, this little blue emoji, and my Android keyboard didn't have the emoji. It must have been an Apple yeah. emoji. Well, that's interesting. Um, I see so snort. You can customize. You can pick mm. whatever emoji you want to respond to a post. You could you could pick the oh, middle, okay. middle finger emoji as your response to a post, and most clients will pick that up as being alike. You know, right. it's like on Amethyst, all you see is love hearts. You know, likes. You don't you don't really know what the the client's sending out as a response to a post, and then. Iris, you look at, which is another web client, and it will show yep. the individual responses to your to your posts. You know, and you sort of go, "Oh, it's interesting. There's there's some shakas and some hearts and uh, um, mm. some random ones." You're like, "Where are they coming from?" You know, but but in other clients, they present it as, as hearts. You know, so yep. reality is how your client perceives the events that occur on the network. You know, it's like, "Wow, that's really interesting." Um, but the notes are there forever, you know, until they yes. appear. How they're perceived by the client and rendered in your face is, is kind of up to the client. You know, so the, the power of the developer and how they present these events is, is quite quite big. But the ecosystem is so dynamic that if someone did start playing with the way uh, the events are presented in, in a way almost like like Twitter does with their um, their algorithms, I get a feeling that um, certain apps would be deleted pretty quickly or, or not used as much. 100%, yes, yes. I think, and Jack said something interesting that like on Twitter or our current, you can pretty much call them legacy social medias now, that the like buttons are just to feed the algorithm. It's just to feed the algorithm as in like, oh, I've been liking all these posts from Brisket, so now I'll be seeing more posts from Brisket and or similar posts as well, yeah. Every time you interact with a post, whether it's a like, whether it's some nasty words or, mm. you know, an attention-seeking comment or whatever, however you interact with a post tells the algorithm something, you know, these algorithms mm. are very, very clever. You know, there's a whole heap of logic in there, and, and you know they'll present posts that are, are likely to get more interaction because Twitter is, you know, advertising driven. 
um, it's it's driving certain behaviors, and and it's not until you start leaving Twitter behind that you start seeing the the impact of withdrawing that that attention you've been giving it, like. You think about things differently. You think about different things. You don't think about, like, I, I'm so out of touch with the latest thing on Bitcoin. <laughs> I kind of like, I was like, I'm going to speak to Merrick. I don't know shit about whatever it is. The only thing I know about is the uh, the uh, Silicon Valley Bank uh, going down yesterday or last night. That's about it. Like, if, if there's some yeah, scandal. Is that, that's Silvergate, right? Uh, I think so. Is that Silvergate owned? I don't think so. It's Sil- Silicon okay, Valley. Okay, so it's a Silicon oh, Valley uh, investment. Like it's a Silicon oh, Valley right. Bank. Okay. Wow. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't know as well. Not, <laughs> I don't think it's related to Silvergate. But that's a okay. wide, widespread impacts on the market. I don't have my macro yeah. boy, boys to follow. I don't I don't have, uh, you know, Preston posts a little bit, but, but some of the macro guys nah. I follow a lot. I don't know what they think. So I, I kind of yeah, go, right. I have to think for myself. Yeah, and James Slavish has made his uh, newsletter paid, so I <laughs> don't have that as well now. Oh, has he? Like yeah, 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 he's, he's made that paid, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's interesting, you know, it, it changes changes what you think about. Yeah, definitely has an impact. Yep. I didn't think mm. I was addicted, you know, until I tried to stop Twitter, and, and I went, shit, you're hooked on this thing. You know, it's not until you try and stop, you find yourself on Twitter, like, how did I get here? I don't even know. I'm swiping down. I, I didn't even realize I'd opened Twitter and, and started scrolling. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's kind of concerning, you know? Yes. And then I think for me, probably four years ago, it was similar, like, Instagram was kind of similar, right? Like, I was like, it was like this one or two months that I've used it. And then I was like, oh, I'm like hooked. I'm like always trying to, so then I, then I put the app somewhere like hidden in some folder or like not on the main screen, it's somewhere at the back. So there's more steps, but I'd still get there. And then I just gotten fast on getting there. <laughs> and then next, yeah. And then <laughs> next thing, like, and at that point I was to live in a house that had carpets. So then it's like, I, oh, I find myself using it and I just fling my phone, <laughs> like just fling it away from me. And, uh, but then, yeah, then it's like, oh, this is too addictive because Instagram is something like where they're pushing all these videos in front of you, right? So next thing you know, you're just like in, in this rabbit hole of videos that you're just aim, like pointless videos that you're watching. Because <laughs> the algorithm yeah, is then, gearing yeah. towards keeping yes. your attention, you know, keeping you flicking to the next video. It's, it's like a longer form TikTok, is it? I thought it was always photos. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird. Like they, they, it's like yeah, photos or videos, and it just you keep scrolling, and it's some nonsense. Yeah, and this was like f- four, five years ago. But then, yeah, I completely got off it, and yeah. Yeah, I've never been drawn into Instagram. I, t- Twitter, I didn't get just until Bitcoin. Like it wasn't it wasn't until I started thinking about Bitcoin, then I found Twitter. It's like, oh, I get it now. It's kind of like a. a an amalgamator of information. The information isn't in Twitter, but the people's condensed, you know, takes on, on, on the information is there. Yes. And then there's a link out, you know, and you go, okay, if I follow this guy, I'll be able to get all the links mm. that are relevant to this topic, you know. And you go, okay, it's, it's kind of like an information uh, aggregator. You know, it's bringing 
bringing information to this one spot. So I go to Twitter and then I bounce out. I come back, bounce out. Which I thought, ah, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, I didn't really think about the algorithmic component though, you know, and, and what posts I was actually really engaging with and, and, and how that was affecting me as a, as a person. So Nostra's been good like that. It's so much louder on Nostra. You don't have to shout. You, you can... Yeah. You can just be yourself, and if, if people people are, you know, stimulated by your, your idea or your concept or your, your meme, they'll engage with it. If not, they'll scroll past it. You don't need to shout to get extra algorithmic uh, attention. Yep. Sort of calmly, calmly post. Hashtag look at me, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, one thing like I've always noticed about you, Briskit, was that you're extremely technical with like, you know, uh, uh, so with Nostra, like early days, with uh, e even with your use of Bitcoin or, or staying private. So is that just like, as you mentioned, it comes from like going deep into things? So that's how you'd say? I don't know. I, I got fairly disrupted after the GFC, so when the GFC hit back in 08, 09, I was contracting, I was earning really good money, I thought I had my shit sorted, and then I got, my whole world collapsed, you know, I, I, who, I, who I was kind of got, got smashed, um, I had a bit of a mental breakdown. Sorry, sorry, so, sorry to stop you there, yeah. but I just realized maybe someone might be thinking, uh, what's GFC? So GFC is the global financial global crisis, financial crisis. Two, yeah. The thing that, that yeah. Bitcoin's most aligned to, you know, chances on the brink of a second bailout for banks. Yep. Most people in Australia weren't too heavily affected by it, but because I was contracting and working for government, um, the government spending just dried up. You know, all these contracts in, in Canberra dried up. I was in Canberra, it was a shithole of a place, and then I'm I'm stuck in this this rental that was costing way way more. I think it's six fifty a week. Yeah, Again, quick question, Brisket. Sorry to interrupt. Sorry to interrupt. So, did that 2008 had have an immediate impact, or was it like 2009 or 2010 when that when it started really affecting lives here in Australia? That is, I, I can't really remember. It was, it was mm. such a long time ago. I was caught up in my own my own dramas. I, I had had a lot of stuff going on in my my personal yep. life. I just had a my, my son was born, so he was just crawling around. I'd just gotten married. I had a daughter on the way. Um, a whole heap of things I hadn't really thought about. Like, what does it mean to be a husband? What does it mean to be a dad? You know, mm. what the hell am I doing in, in this world? Earning good money, but not feeling happy, feeling, feeling miserable and, and kind of like, you know, pretending. I was pretending a lot. No. I'm a little bit autistic, so I've learned to hide some of my uh, quirks, and I just felt like I was living three lives, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I couldn't cope anymore. I just couldn't maintain those three different personalities. Um, and I guess part of that was getting out of out of Canberra, coming to Queensland. Um, sort of sparked a whole heap of change within me. Um, <clears throat> and I, one of those changes was I, I stopped, I started getting out of my head. 
So I started started using my logical mind less and using my feeling mind, my, my intuition mm. more and more. Um, and that had some huge changes in me. So I, I, a lot of what I say, a lot of what I do is not well thought out. Like logically, it doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, I, sometimes I look back and go, why the hell did you say that? You know, why'd you do this? Sometimes I just get a, a feeling and, and certain feelings I know to trust now and I run with them. Um, having a an anim anonymous account, you know, it was yep. it was just like I'm creating this Twitter account. I'm gonna use my real name. Fuck no. <laughs> um, I'm gonna create create a. I, I created some random account when I first came on. I'm like, well, people can't connect to this random account. You need something that people can connect to because I, I don't want to be an inanimate object. I want someone to be able to connect with me. I want to connect with real people. Yeah. Um, so I, I shifted that to brisket. I went, there's no brisket, so I'm not not uh, riding on someone else's coattails. Um, I'll be brisket. You know, people people won't. I'm not trying to be a real person. I'm, I'm clearly anonymous, um, but you can still connect to me. You can still remember me um, and start developing an image of who I am uh, without knowing, you know, a, a name. Yep. Yeah. 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 For sure. Makes sense, yeah. And uh, one thing I yeah didn't touch upon earlier while you were talking about meat, the meat rabbit hole, and you briefly mentioned fasting. Mm. And uh, so, what sort of impact does fasting have? And like, when did you start exploring fasting? And yeah, why fasting is important? Yeah. So with uh, with carnivore, you tend to eat less frequently because you're having such a, a nutrient and energy packed meal, you don't tend to want to eat as much or as frequently as you used to. So you, you automatically go into some sort of fasting regimen, whether, whether it's time-based or, you know, two meals a day, whatever it is, you just tend to, to gravitate towards that anyway. Um, mm. So that was probably when I started fasting no, I did a little bit with um, low carb because low carb is very similar. You tend to feel like fasting. Um, it was mainly weight loss. So my motivation for doing it was to lose more fat. I could see those uh, six-pack abs and it's a lot of vanity. Um, but I still do it now. You know, I, I, I think it's nice to, to clean out your body. Um, it's nice to feel like you're not dependent on food every every few hours to have a snack, you know, um, it kind of resets your, your metabolism. So you're, you're burning a bit more fat again. You're not burning so much carbs, especially if you're eating a, a mixed diet like I am. Um, puts you back in, in ketosis pretty quickly, um, clears you out. And then when you break, you have this amazing feeling of eating food again, like, like you're rediscovering food for the first mm. time. It's like, wow, this tastes amazing. Even beef liver tastes good when you're when you're breaking a fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of beef liver, like I think I I used to ask you these questions back like on Twitter as well. So you have your beef liver raw, yeah, right? And so Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Often than not I have a raw. I I just mm. um 
chop it up in the cubes and get a stick blender out and put some milk in there and a bit of honey. Um, just blend the hell out of it, trying to get it so that it's not got chunks and, and stringy bits in there. And then I pretty much just scull it, um, get it down as quick as I can. <laughs> and then yeah. one breath, um, and then the same breath, I, I rinse my mouth out with milk and, and swallow and, and hope that I don't get an aftertaste when I breathe. Um, yeah. You know, I don't enjoy it. I, I spoke to a bloke, Giles, at the Brisbane meetup last week or two weeks ago, and he was telling mm-hmm. me about his, his journey and, and he had some health complications. And he was telling me, I said, Are you, you eating beef, my And he's like, Yeah, I love it. I said, What? You love it? He's like, Yeah, I love it. You know, he's, he didn't have a history as a kid eating it. He just always enjoyed eating beef liver, which is kind of... And I find, I find that, it amazing. It's such yeah. a strong taste. <laughs> yeah. And and this yeah, this guy that you met at the meetup, uh, does he, like, have it raw or is it cooked? So, like... Oh, he cooked it. Yeah, he cooked it. Ah, yeah, he cooks it. Yeah. So, one thing... Uh, so, your body tends to recognize what's good for you right and then it associates that taste with it and then that's how you get used to something like beef liver i guess yeah it never happened with beef liver i've been waiting (laughs) for that to happen the sugar association yeah it's pretty quick you know yeah have some chocolate and then you want more chocolate almost straight away Mm. like your body your mind can can link the two pretty quickly but for beef liver for some reason you don't have that like intellectually Mm. i know that I feel better after I eat beef liver. I see, like, my face to be short-sighted. My, my eyesight gets sharper when I eat beef liver. The colors look more radiant, you know. And, yeah, that could be my my own biases and, and um, imagination doing that. But I, I generally feel better. My wife has it. She's a swimmer. She has it before a race meet and um, a couple of surfs, and, and she thinks she races better when she's had beef liver, you know. Mm. Does it matter? Like, does it matter that I believe that? And it may not be true. Not, not really. It's not harmful. Um, yep. Intellectually, I know it's good for me. It's got lots, lots and lots of nutrition that you don't get from, from other foods. Um, so I'm quite happy to, to believe that beef liver is good for me. You know, it's given me some, some extra edge that I may not have. I do find you get to the point where you don't want to eat it anymore. Like, even sculling it like that, it's just too much to bear you look at it and go i just can't do it so something turns off maybe it's no longer drawing me to it you know why do i suddenly buy beef liver and start blending it up and drinking it you know there's something within me that goes you you should have some beef liver brisket you know you're getting a bit low or something. Mm. Yep. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah makes correct me if i'm wrong but i think sean baker is just just eats steaks yeah and like he's not yeah yeah yeah, i mean that's because he can afford those (laughs) that's a different topic altogether but no no emphasis on organ meat yeah he's he's speaking to the common man like he he's seen the effects that doing what he's doing has had on him Mm. and he's kind of speaking to the normies you know He's the weirdo eating this weird diet, and he's speaking to the normies, going, "You don't have to overthink this. You know, you don't have to buy a book and follow a recipe. Just eat meat, eat a damp steak. You know, don't feel guilty about it. Just eat, eat more meat. You know, 
and and he goes, he looks at the organ, organ promotion, you know, eating organs, and a lot of it, a lot of it is just attention seeking. I've got this new new take on how to eat meat, you know. You need to eat organs, you need to eat kidney and, and liver and all mm. these things that look gross and, and taste funny. They're somehow required for, for you as a human to, to get by yep. in life. You know, and you, you look at look at traditional people, some some people ate them the organs, some people fed them to the dogs, you know, but there's yeah. no consistent history of eating organs. You know, it's it's variable. Mm. I've no doubt the liver has benefit. I've no doubt the heart has benefit. I'm not sold on kidneys. You know, I'm not sold on lungs. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. not going to eat chewy, shitty, horrible bits that I don't enjoy yeah. just for the sake of ticking some box, you know, on someone's list of you must eat this. Mm. He's proven that, that eating just supermarket beef, mass-produced, has health benefits over a standard American diet. You know, right. Yeah. I think I think getting back to basics is really good. You know, from once you've mm. that, you know, you're hitting all your nutritional needs. Where do you go from there? Can you can you go better than that? You know, and then you're just tweaking things rather than. He used to say, uh, you're "Majoring in the minors, so you're overthinking the stuff that really doesn't matter. You know, you're spending so much attention thinking about just eat a fucking steak. It's not it's not rocket surgery." Um, I, I kind of agree with that. Yeah. I yeah, makes sense. I don't love ribeye. Scotch, Scotch fellow isn't my, uh, my preferred cut. <laughs> um, I, I do enjoy it. Oh, what's your preferred cut in saying that? <laughs> Picanha. I love Picanha. Ah, yes. Yeah. Picanha yeah, the, of a charcoal. The back, right? Like it's towards the back on the top, yeah, right? If yeah, I, towards yeah. the arse end. It's, it's yeah. the, the, the top cap on a rump. So rump yeah. is the Australian cut you, you go get a steak yeah. from a pub it's going to be a rum generally um, yeah i don't know why that is i don't know if we send all the ribeyes to the u.s i don't know but um yeah possibly, possibly. pretty affordable yeah. um mm. and yeah over charcoal the fat on it's just just in the flavor mm. it's so so nice yes. the flavor. Um, so yeah I'd, I'd kind of go that one that's my favorite that's my turn to yeah lately i've been slow cooking oscos which is pretty good right because then it has the marrow right in the center and then yeah, you can use that to like uh, kind of yeah 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 i always always have um beef stock in the fridge um Mm. it lasts about three to four weeks before it starts to smell um yep but adding adding it to a sauce like osobuco you know, Osaka mm. will have a sauce anyway because of the, the bone and the marrow. And because the, the bone and the marrow. And stuff like but, but then you add stock to it as well. And it's like, wow. It just lifts the whole dish mm. up. Same yeah. with curries, with uh, yeah. meat sauces and stuff like that. Just adding some stock in. So mm. like gelatin. The gelatin has this um, mouthfeel. It gives this mouthfeel yes. to the sauce. Like it's like kind of stickiness to it. It just, just lifts it up. And, and, uh, 100%, yeah. Uh, I had a question I've forgotten about now, seems like. Uh, but, uh, oh yeah, something that you were talking about when you are talking about different cuts or whether different sorts of organ meats. One was this character, Liver King, who's eating raw. T- Have you come across this guy? Yeah, the guy on roids. <laughs> yeah, the guy on roids. Yeah. <laughs> 
just just uh, eating raw testicles on camera or whatever everything i think is show business clickbait. but yeah yeah clickbait yes uh, but what i was going to say is with liver it's it's across uh, other animal species as well right like so when there's a kill in a wolf pack the leader of the pack would go gets first yeah gets first yeah and then he goes for the liver and then there was this pack of orcas of new zealand that were hunting down great whites and just for the liver mm. yeah you think like i i i've never seen i've never seen any like any of those events happen you know i can't i can't uh, verify them myself it's, right it sounds plausible though in my head yeah um, and i think think about chicken chicken to me i've had some <laughs> arguments with Izzy about chicken but but chicken to me is a shit coin like it's it's i call it carnival candy you know it's it's yeah. it tastes good but there's not a lot of nutrition in there i don't care whether it's yep. mass produced or you know pasture fed chicken mm, mm, you know mm. it's been cared for and chicken to me is shit coin but the one one exception is, is chicken heart chicken heart is like red meat it's like beef um it's like mm. they put all their nutrients into this this organ the rest of it's kind of this white pasty meat that tastes great but doesn't make you feel satisfied doesn't make you feel um good um where's the heart if you get enough hearts together and you stick them on some skewers and cook them over charcoal they taste freaking amazing and uh and you feel satisfied you can eat you can eat heart chicken heart and feel absolutely satisfied which i don't get with a chicken i can eat one and a half chickens and feel absolutely hungry an hour and a half later two hours later where i wouldn't get that with a steak yeah. you know even a small steak i wouldn't feel like that um, so i think there's something in there i think animals watching animals watching nature and how how it works and what even what the chickens prefer you know it, it tells you a lot about their instincts you know we're so disconnected from our own instincts watching watching animals especially hunters you know what what they eat, how they eat. Um, watching my dog eat. You know my my dog Damn. doesn't chew his food. I'm looking at my dog going, "How the fuck are you digesting this? You know you're wolfing this this stuff down. <laughs> you know, one, how do you not choke? You know, apparently yeah. humans sacrifice their ability to eat large pieces of meat so they could talk. You know, with a voice box. But my dog has no problem getting huge chunks of meat and bone down his his throat. And then you look at his poo, and this, this, it's, it's just a homogenous crap. You know, it's, it's no lumps of meat and bone sticking out. It's sometimes a bit of bone, but it's, yeah. You know, so somehow he's he's digesting this stuff. Yeah, you know, and then I started looking at stomach acids. You know, mm. the stomach acid of a human. You know, it must be this similar to a dog's stomach acid because it has to break down the meat. And apparently, humans have stomach acid that's more in line with a hyena, like a scavenger. So maybe humans evolved as scavengers. You know, we we're cracking bones open and, and sucking the marrow out, uh, getting all that, that good fat and energy, and, and then our digestive tracts shortened, you know, so they didn't have to digest so many plant materials. Um, but we had to deal with bacteria. We had to deal with pathogens in the meat that was not fresh. Um, you know, maybe living off a, a big woolly mammoth for a month, you know, by the end of that month, yeah. it starts getting a bit uh, stinky and, and uh, putrid, you know, and you have to deal with some of the, the 
the toxins that the pathogen, the pathogens, the bacteria and stuff are producing. And maybe that's that's why our stomach acid increased. <clears throat> maybe we're the great hunters we thought we were. We were, we were just scavengers, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. It's just hard to imagine like what life would have been like back then, right? <laughs> Yeah. You can just make up all these stories, but yeah, hard to say what exactly went down and and how how diverse that would have been like with with in different areas. I came across a recent image from nineteen sixties or maybe earlier, even like maybe I can't remember, but and it was an aerial shot, black and white shot, and it showed this herd of elephants migrating, and it is like. A, it's a tiny block image but it was and like each elephant was as small as like a, maybe 10 pixels or something yeah but it it had a it had at least over 100 elephants in that mm-hmm. in that image and it was like one herd and these days like a elephant herd is like as small as like 20 or something and just like back then like yeah and it's not and how how yeah and it's not old right it's like 100 years old yeah it's like 100 years ago it's not like it's not like the the diets have changed so significantly that now elephants have become a staple elephants aren't really a reliable food source for humans because they've got such long lives you know yeah you wouldn't farm elephants as as a way to (laughs) to bring meat to to people they're just too slow you know to to put meat on their their digestive systems are too inefficient to convert plant material into Mm. Fine, you know. So what changed? You know? Yeah. It's, um, it's amazing ha- how, how technology has changed the earth. Yep, yep. Have you seen an image of the bison skulls all stacked up? Yeah. In yeah. the in the states, yeah. The states, they were, um, yeah. They were trying to mess with the Indians as their food source. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And there's like uh, when the original uh, railway tracks were built, like people would just, just sit with their guns sticking out of the window and take a shot and they'd kill a bison. Mm. Yeah. And, and yeah. Because it used to cows, be filled with bison, right? Cow farts are, uh, are causing climate change. <laughs> but all the bison. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, and I was speaking to like a, a captain, like who had gone for this tour to see whales some time back. And then he was telling us, he was giving us some Aboriginal history. And he's like, the Aboriginal people used to like uh, celebrate when there's like a dead whale that used to come up on shore because then they have like this food source which it used to last them for a while. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Hmm. There's a difference between the fat from a fish and the fat from a mammal. You know, and- you won't mm. find a fattier mammal than a than a whale, whatever whatever whale it is, because they're they're in the water. They can they're not bound by the same physics that a, that a land mammal has. You know, they they can be huge and still move quite quickly without much much effort and energy. Yep. So you imagine getting this huge form of of saturated fat land on your lap. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It must have been uh, quite a celebration. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly how he was describing that. Because, like, uh, I mean, and this is coming from like old elders from 
Aboriginal landers how they should like tell these stories where they used to wait each cycle for these migrations to happen and then they used to like have this celebrate like have an occasion when the when the whales are migrating off the shore because they could see all these ma- and I'm guessing back then it's like it's similar to like this picture of these hundred elephants that I saw right like they would have been like just just the amount of whales that are going to like easily visible like from shore yeah yeah and then and then they hunted them for oil mm, then they hunted them down yeah towards the yeah for, for lamp lamp oil you know <laughs> yeah it's before petroleum yep. yeah yeah oh. yeah i mean Brisket, we've come like close to an others. Do you think there's anything that I didn't ask you and I should have? Probably not, but um, <laughs> we got a lot, lot of time on this earth, hopefully, and we can yep. do this again. What, what 100%. Was, it? was like you've been hassling me for a while to come on your pod, and I've, I've not been as willing as I could have been. What, what was it about me that you wanted to chat to me about, or is it just? Part of your ramble. Um, nah, so I think we used to have these chats on Twitter regarding food. So it was mainly like, oh, I'll pick Brisket's brains on, like, you know, what, what's his thoughts about food. So mainly it was that. But then now with Nostra, it's like, oh, Brisket's all over that as well. So, like, yeah, <laughs> time to, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. No yeah, cool, cool. And yeah, go, I'm going to see you in a few weeks' time, yeah, at Beechworth? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. Thanks <laughs> to saying about Yeah. Thanks, Brisket. Yeah, you have a good rest of your day. Weekend, is it, it, it does it change weekends for you? It's the same? You, oh, yeah. Same it's, as the week? different. I'm still in yeah. the fit world, so I still spend most of yeah. the day in front of a computer thinking about things that I'd really rather not be thinking about, but it's the best, the best thing I can do for myself right now. I think. Um, yep. And probably the biggest contribution I can make to to Bitcoin itself is is just stacking more. Yes. Not, not selling what I do have. Um, mm. You know, I've, I've got an IT background, but I I didn't like programming. I'm not a programmer. Um, yeah, being on Nostra. Feeling my way through that, <laughs> helping anyone who's coming coming into Nostra. Yeah, they, they show their head. I'm bang on top. Um, I've created a little burner NPub account that, that I don't oh, nice. interact with. So my, my thing is, don't like anything, don't reply to anything. I don't want to be noticed on that account. I'm just watching. You know, if someone says something that's kind of profound, or they've come on back onto Nostra after leaving it for a couple of weeks, I'll be there, ready to respond. Because my normal feed is just full of people talking shit. You know, <clears throat> and so mm. a lot of the, the people are quieter. They don't get heard at all now. Things have shifted. You know, it used to be you post good morning on Nostra and you get, you know, a couple of thousand sats and zaps and, and lots yeah. of likes and, and it was kind of very vibrant. Whereas now it's, it's shifted a bit. You know, it's going through these cycles of, of how we integrate, and how, sorry, interact with uh, the Nostra. So I don't want I don't want people to be lost and think it's shit because no one's interacting with them. You know, maybe it's because you haven't got enough uh, relays in your account or your, your client. Yep. Maybe because not enough people are following you. They don't know you've come across. You know, they don't know who you are because you're just an end pop with a pick and, and a tagline that could be anyone. Um, 
I keep track of people who, who have posted their end pubs on, on Twitter or Telegram or, or Signal yep. or whatever. And um, I know the, who they are, so I don't have to do that quick check in your mind. Are, are they who they say they are? You know, um, is this Honey Badger dude really, really <laughs> married? You know, I, I know. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember where yeah. I verified you from, but I, I know it's your account. Um, yep. Yeah, there's a few people that are always posting. Uh, I love uh, Holland Conrad's, you know, he's yes. a 70-year-old dude, man. He's rocking off. Yeah, he's running his own yeah, I know, right? He's got a PHP server with, with uh, you know, he can post to Nostra. I was like, fuck me, you know. <laughs> he's all over it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and he's all over it with regards to food as well. I think he does like OMAD, like one meal a day, I think, from memory. Yeah, yeah, one meal a day. And he tries tries things out. You know, it's it's not. Yeah. He's not afraid to ask a dumb question. Mm. He's not afraid to say, I don't know. You know, I, I tried this and it wasn't for me. You know, I've got this this problem and, and I don't know how to work it out. You know, he's quite open to to admitting that. And then listening to your point of view, yes. And, and then walking away. If he doesn't agree with it, you just walk away. You know, he's not he's not going to have an argument with you. Or he'll give his his last word, his last pass, <laughs> passing uh, wisdom, and that's yeah. it. You go, okay, no worries. <clears throat> yep. I, I yep. love him, man. He's a, he's a good dude. Yes, he is. I um, my first interaction with him was some dumbass post I made on Twitter about, about boomers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this guy's going to hate me. And I went up to uh, Yapoon for the first ever meeting with Bitcoin in real life. Yep. And uh, I met him and, and first thing I did was apologize for the post. It was like he didn't even remember. You know, it was like <laughs> okay, some thoughtless <laughs> shit post about boomers. Because I'd had, a, had an interaction with my own boomers in my family and, and I made some... Yep generalized comment about yep. being whatever i was like yeah it's a boomer he's it's not like the other ones though yeah mm. so maybe i shouldn't generalize so much <laughs> yeah yeah and that tends to happen like not only with like age or there's tends to happen oh i met like all these like i met this bunch of indian dudes and then they all seem like they're scammy and then then Right, like, and you tend to boxes. Oh, anytime I meet an Indian dude, and then they're scammy. It tends to happen. It's like I guess it's like human nature. It's like yeah. We see patterns. We we see patterns. Yeah, patterns. Yeah. And then you make short shortcuts. In your yes. Mind. Like thinking thinking through analogy, thinking through yep. this. I think this. So that looks similar. Therefore, this is going to happen. Like analogous thinking is is so much easier than first principles thinking. Going from first principles reasoning through to the solution rather than just going that looks like that so i'm going to put it in the same basket you know yeah yep, yep. and they're useful do, do you know sorry they're useful, useful yes to get through life but they can also put you in dangerous situations sometimes because not all things yep. correlate and not all things can be analogous to other things do you remember the guy who made these cartoons that used to come in the newspaper gilbert and like this office cartoon i can't oh, yeah, remember yeah. his name uh i can't remember his name but he said like yeah we are we think we are logical or blah uh of 
rational, but he's like, we are just pattern re- recognition machines. Yeah. That's all we are. Yeah. AI is proving that, man. Like, AI yeah. is, 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 is mm. creating all this creative work, like, just phenomenal creation, like, like, like original thought almost, but it's not original. Yes. You know, it's a collection of, of high quality or high value human thoughts and ideas and, and creations and then collating them all together and go, well, what, what's similar? And then can I just, you know, multiply it by, by, by a random number and come up with something new? Yeah, you can. Look at it. You know, <laughs> it's so close to human creation that it's it's scary you know yeah maybe we're not as creative as we we think we are or maybe we're not as evolved as we think we are maybe we're approaching things a little bit wrong or maybe we can we can approach things a little bit better yeah it's it's interesting interesting times man really interesting yeah that's that, that recency bias maybe i'm just thinking they're interesting times because every other time was when I didn't exist, you know, and this is really interesting because it feels like a lot of change. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that's a, yeah, that's an interesting perspective in itself. Yeah. Cause like, I think the more, the more aware you are of what's happening, you feel like uh, now it's like an interesting time. The more I've, aware that yeah, what's happening around you or within you even. Yeah. I've started meditating recently, man. And, and yeah. Summer Katharo. Yes. Uh, yeah. And he's starting to blow my mind. Like, like mm. that, that feeling your way through life. If you can do that a little bit better, maybe, mm. maybe your life would be a little bit more fulfilling. Yep. So I've been playing with that since since maybe December, January. Nice. Maybe that's, maybe yeah. that's my next rabbit hole. I don't know. I'll tell yeah. you in seven yeah. months, eight months. Awesome. Yeah. Have you have you done that before? Have you done you- any meditation? I did a long time ago. I, I, I dabbled in Buddhism and went down the Buddhism mm. rabbit hole. You know, I called myself a Buddhist for a while, and then and then stopped. You know, I I, mm. I had experiences that I couldn't explain, and and I rode those for a while, and then I couldn't couldn't recapture those experiences again. Um, this this work with Sama is, I'm getting a feeling that. That that's coming back. You know, the thing I was chasing 10, 15 years ago is, is starting to come back now, and I feel more, more, more at ease with the world, more, more neutral about where things are going, less, less stressed, less fearful, less, yep. less needy for attention. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. Anyways, brisket. Thanks, Thanks for your time. Nice yeah. Job, man. See yeah. You later, man. I'll see you soon. Yep. Bye. Yeah. Thanks guys for tuning in and if you enjoyed the show, all I ask is that you share it with one other person and I also recommend that you use podcasting 2.0 apps like Breeze or Fountain FM. I'll link them down below. This will help you earn Bitcoin while you listen and it will also help support the show. Once again, thanks for tuning in and I'll see you in the next one.